Radio Drome. Laugh a while you can, the monkey boy. Or monkey boys with the two of you, I guess. I resent that name. <laughs> uh, I actually <laughs> resemble that name if you see me without a shirt on. Unfortunately, yes, I've seen the human spider too. I have seen you without a shirt on, unfortunately. Exactly. exactly. I'm part wild boar. I am part wild boar. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it is episode 49. We're coming up on our 52nd episode, guys. Woohoo! Well, not for you, Jared, because you didn't join up again until, like, episode 5 or 6, so... Well, um... Yeah, that's true. You are like the, uh... You are like the Edward James Almost of this show. The original lieutenant leaves four episodes in. You come back. <laughs> <laughs> you step in later in the show. So, so Jared, you got a while before your anniversary. Well, then, fine, fine. On the 57th episode, I'll be like, well, it's been a year. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'm all right with well, that. Well, wait Actually, a second. Do we count? Yeah, I was going to say, do we count the The four five episodes. Or... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like you're the odd man out. <laughs> no, because because this is Radiodrome Volume 2. We restarted the numbering, remember? <laughs> yeah. So there, the numbering got re- restarted there too. F- season season one was just really short. <laughs> season one was a test season to see everything that didn't work. Yeah, it's, it's really funny to see how seasons are broken up on the IMDb entry for the Cinema Snob. It's like I I didn't know I had seasons, but let's see. I've been doing it for almost. I've been doing it for like four years. Yeah, four, four, four and a half years or something like that. And they have it broken up into three seasons. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, that's weird. I, I was gonna say, I was season three, episode ninety-eight. <laughs> I was gonna say because there was that uh, time that you were gonna uh, move in with Alex, and you had all your, um, yeah. you had all your furniture out of the room. And you said, so let's call this season two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, back back in, like, the first year or so or something like that, I would, like, take, like, a few weeks off. Or I would I would take, like, a no, I would take, like, a few months off after, like, 13 episodes. But now that I'm doing it weekly, like, literally every week, like, there, there's no more seasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, I mean, but now you're making a living off of it as well. And you've got the Adam and Eve money to help boost you, because I know that helped you guys out, huh? Indeed oh, yeah. it did. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Adam and Eve... Thank you for... Now, Jared, can you not gimp this up? Go. I'll try, but I might gimp it up. Okay, so, ladies and gentlemen, if you go to Adam and Eve right now in the promo code DROME, you will get a free uh, or three free DVDs, a mystery gift, and... I forgot the third thing. So yes, I gimped it up. <laughs> free, free shipping and fifty percent and fifty percent off of a single item. Exactly. I actually got a th- like a thank you gift from them in the mail today. Did you? Yeah, from Adam and Eve. I got uh I, I got a letter from them in the mail and I saw it was from Adam and Eve and at first I was like, Oh crap, did they also send me a check? So I, <laughs> I, better hold, I better get a hold of John. Um <laughs> But no, I opened it up and it's a a, a coupon for like seven free DVDs. Nice. Or like that. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get that, and I'm the one that signed the contracts. <laughs> but I'm the one who watches the porn. <laughs> Are you trying to say Jared and I don't watch porn? I, that, that's on. Cha- oh, I wa- but I hey, watch- Brad, challenge but I, accepted. But I watch gr- I watch great porn. Like 
that pussy. <laughs> okay, I, I try, I, I kind of try to watch good porn from the seventies and eighties. Yeah. <laughs> I just watch porn. I always like, I always get fascinated about stuff like, uh, like movies like movies like Bat Pussy that have absolutely no crew names attached to it, director, writer, even the actors or anything. There's just no names attached to it whatsoever. So no one knows who the hell made this movie. I always get fascinated by that because because one, I'm like, who made one? I, I I am genuinely like, who made who? Seriously, who made this movie? And also, how tragic did their story end? <laughs> well, some sometimes it wasn't a tragedy. You got to remember, uh, B- Bill Margold's told this story before. In the seventies, you were really looked down upon, you know, by mainstream Hollywood being in porn. A lot of cinematographers and cameramen and stuff would take the porn shoots for the money, and then they would just use pseudonyms or go completely uncredited. So a lot of those were shot by professionals who would later go, you know, later in that week they'd be shooting a movie for 20th Century Fox, and on the weekend they'd be shooting a John Holmes flick. I I don't know if that's the case with Bat Pussy. Well, I don't know about that one, but I'm just saying a lot of those that you don't see a cameraman or a cinematographer or anything credited, but they have, you know, a nice cinematography... That's because yeah. it was some studio guy working off the grid. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm talking more so not necessarily it's just that the cinematographer is uncredited or something like that. I'm talking I'm talking more like actors uncredited, director, writer, like everything. everything. And mainly like the writer. Nobody director. wants to claim Bat Pussy. I mean, you can't, yeah. I can't say as I blame them. Well, hell, for how, how, long, uh, how long it went where, where no one knew who made... Uh, who made Last House on Dead End Street until Roger Watkins came up and said he did it. Hmm. Would you prefer they go completely uncredited or go under a pseudonym so you still have no idea who the hell it is? I like the mystery, you know? I like the mystery of it. I like the mystery of... Well, with with Last House on Dead End Street, there were the pseudonyms on there. Like, every name attached to that was a pseudonym. With Bat Pussy, there's nothing. And I kind of like the mystery of that. I I, sort of like that, where it is like... uh, it is sort of like I wonder how their story ended. These actors who are in this movie and whoever wrote and directed the thing. Yes, like, actors. <laughs> hey, let me tell you something about that movie. It is. It is by all accounts probably. I'm going probably to the. Ass. It's 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 at least one of the top five worst pieces of pornography ever made. It really <laughs> is. But I will have to hand it to that movie. It's that. Well, clearly there was no scripted dialogue with that. It is just them making up. It is just them just coming up with stuff off the fly. I gotta hand it to the two people in that movie, as active as it was to watch them screw. You know, they they kept it going when they're yelling at each other and spouting out verbal abuse and everything. I gotta hand it to them. They they came up with some pretty funny stuff. <laughs> I mean, like they 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 kept it going. They you know for. 50 minutes or however long that movie was. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen the uh, documentary on porn star names, Fluffy Comes a Lot? <laughs> no, 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 I haven't. Okay, you guys need to find that. Cinemageddon has it. The name of the documentary is Fluffy Comes a Lot. It's all about talking to porn stars at various conventions and how they came up with their porn star name. Yeah. Now, I'm going to ask you what your guys' porn star names are. Now, no, here's, here's the formula. I was, was going to say, I think I know this one. Okay, here's the formula. You take your the name your first name will be the street you grew up on and your last name will be the name of your first gender specific pet. 
So if you're if you you guys are males, so your first male pet. I was I was heard that in reverse that your first name is the pet and the second and your last name is the street you you're the first street you grew up on. Okay, well, m- I heard maybe I reversed it. Maybe I maybe I screwed that up. Uh, and I always heard that your first name was your middle name and that your last name was the street you grew up on. Either either or for me it's pretty good. Uh, for it, Do- Docky Deerfield. <laughs> Jackie Deerfield and, and what was it you said? Uh, um, middle name, middle name, street, yeah. Douglas Deerfield, Douglas Deerfield. Nice. See, I, I, mine when when I made it when I figured it out what it was, I, I sound like a paranormal detective in a novel series. Nicodemus Quincy. So, what do you mean by gender specific pet? What, what do you mean by that? Well, since you're a guy, your first male pet. Oh, you um, know, so like if you had a female dog, you wouldn't use your female dog's name. Right. Okay. Okay. So, I, I, I I'm a supernatural detective named Nicodemus Quincy. <laughs> okay. the uh, the pet the the pet formula would go uh, tracker twin bridge. <laughs> tracker twin bridge. Yeah. That really tracker does. That really bridge. does sound like a porn name. It really does. <laughs> and, and my other one would be James Twin Bridge. I, I, I like Tracker Twin Bridge better. <laughs> that's pretty good, yeah. That's pretty, pretty good. I like that. I think it's the twin bridge. That's... Yeah, it's the twin bridge. <laughs> it makes it sound like a whole different kind of porn. Yeah. <laughs> the kind that you makes you wonder if it's CGI or not. <laughs> so we blew almost 11 minutes talking about porn. <laughs> Yes, yes, oh, we have. <laughs> well, I got I to get, get in a quick movie review. Our, our friends at Synapse sent me a copy of Cyclone. Have you ever seen that movie, the supposed killer shark movie from the late 70s? Cyclone? Yeah. You might know no, it. In America, it was released as Terror Storm. Um, no, no, I haven't seen that one. It's nearly two hours long, and this mo- yeah. f- film did not need to be over an hour 20. Oh, sure, sure. It's about a cyclone that knocks a plane out of the air, overturns a fishing boat, and strands a pleasure boat out in the in the middle of the ocean for three weeks, and they're all dying and trying to figure find water and stuff. Real boring movie, but at one point, in about an hour in, the movie totally lost me. Yeah. There's a dog on the pleasure cruise, and a guy goes, It's food! And runs up and slashes its throat, and they start eating the dog. And I just went, Ah! Oh. Like they like they actually do it. It looks like it, and that dog squeals. I mean, I, I, I it's an Italian movie, so you never know. Uh, yeah. And you know, you know you will find really funny, Brad. Mm. There's a ten year old kid as one of the people on the pleasure boat, and the whole movie's dubbed, with the exception of Lionel Stander, who yeah. you might know as the voice of Cup from the real Transformers movie. Okay. Yeah. So his voice is the only one that actually matches his lips. Yeah. The ten year old boy, I swear it's the same dub actor as the kid from Pod People. Oh, probably. I swear yeah. I, at any moment I expected him to go, now Trumpy mm-hmm. Trumpy, you're very naughty. I Correct. swear it's the same actor. I even went and popped in Pod People. You cannot tell me that's not the same actor doing the dub on both those. Dummy, go away. You go don't away, pro- Trumpy. I don't like you anymore. <laughs> go away. Go away. We're not friends anymore, Trumpy. <laughs> no, like, probably, because there's a lot of the other voice actors in uh, in Pod People you see pop up all over the place. Like, uh, Edward Mannix's voice is in there, and uh, 
the 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 guy who vo- voices uh, Rick in Pod People, his his voice pops up in quite a few stuff. So yeah, yeah, honestly, uh, probably that that uh, probably was a. Uh, Tommy from from Pod People. Trumpy, well, you're cheating. You'll well, have to teach me how to do that. <laughs> well, Brad, you were just talking about you didn't like when porns went uncredited. That's the thing I don't like about Italian dub movies. They don't credit the American voice actors. They only credit the actor that's playing the part. IMDb has uh, started doing that. Have um, they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously not for for all of them, but but yeah, uh, like uh, you can go to Edward Mannix's. Uh, IMDb page and it lists uh, a lot of stuff that he did the American uh, voice for. Obviously, not everything. I mean, his voice was in like all of the Italian horror movies and in, in Pod People's case, uh, Spanish. But yeah, you you can you you can go to some uh, some pages like Zombie, New York Ripper, House by the Cemetery, uh, different stuff, and uh, and it'll and it'll list it'll list. Uh, the uh, the the uh, the dub actors not all the time but but sometimes well and also if you watch a lot of movies like that like you and I do Brad do you ever wonder that you've seen maybe an actor in seven different films and you've never heard their real voice oh yeah 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 like uh, I don't think I've ever heard Hugo Hugo Stiglitz's real voice I have I have because I saw one of his movies once undubbed and just in the foreign language it was uh, oh. Man, what was it? Uh, we talked about it a little bit last week. I think I think it was called like Night of the Beast, or I, I think it had Beast in the title somewhere. But it was it started like a Deliverance ripoff, and then kind of turned into an alien movie. His his re- I, I saw his real voice in that. Yeah, but I I know what you mean because sometimes uh, I'll, I'll see actors in so many of these movies, and and you don't you don't hear what their real voice is, and then in one you will see what their real voice is, and it kind of throws you off a little bit. Like Gabriel Tinty, for for a while I hadn't heard what his real voice was, even though I've seen him in probably damn near a dozen movies. But his real voice was in Troll Three, and it was funny because it it seemed like he didn't really understand English. Hey, Brad, which which Troll Three? The 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 uh, Creepers the one? one, the tree one. Yeah, okay, Creeper. Creepers, yeah, Creepers. And uh, uh, the first time I heard Laura Gemser's voice was uh, in an interview I saw with her. Really lovely voice. Well, that's also the thing when you watch a lot of American TV, especially cable shows, and you're surprised at how many of the actors, when you see them in the behind the scenes, have a thick British accent, yet they're playing, you know, real Merkins on the show, like The Walking Dead and Battlestar Galactica, and you go, damn, he just sounds so wrong talking in his natural voice. Well, how about how about to, like, uh, Maybe the first time you hear a specific dub voice, and then when you hear it pop up again, the image you have in your head is of the first actor you heard that voice with. That's the way it was with the Cyclone movie. I was picturing the kid from Pod People, but this kid looked absolutely nothing like the Pod People kid. Yeah, you picture that the person doing the voice is the actor who you first saw use that voice. Right, and that's what that was weird. Or who you first saw be dubbed with that voice. And then, okay, I got a technical question. Now, I've worked in TV and stuff, and maybe I'm just being a total moron about this, but maybe you or Jared would know. When a movie is shot on video and given film look back in the 70s, you know, film look was a very expensive back then, but a lot of films did that. How obvious is it 
that something is film look. Can you usually tell? Are you talking if we were to shoot something on video and make it look like, um, and make it look like it was shot on film? Yeah, are we talking eight millimeter or what are we talking? I'm not sure because on this on this Cyclone DVD they have the alternate credit sequence for the American version called Terror Storm. Yeah, and it looks like it was shot on camcorder. It looks like a 1984 porno video quality, yet it's the exact same shots as the film-looked version that's in the movie, and I can't understand how one literally looks like commercial-grade videotape from the early 80s, and one looks like film. Really poor-quality tape will make something look like it was cheaper than it actually was. Because I remember... I remember uh, ha- having, looking at old VHSs of... Well, hell, the old VHS of Zombie that they had at our video store made it look made it look a little more video quality than it actually was. So sometimes just, you know, a de- a really, really decreased tape copy will just make something look a lot more a lot more inexpensive than it actually was. But as for taking something as for taking something that actually that actually was on video and then making it look like it was shot on film I've seen it look good. I've seen it to where you can tell that it was shot on video. Well, because uh, like on, the, on that Charles Band Cinemaker, he has some side-by-sides of how they shot some of these things on videotape, and then the final version that they released after they spent like $5,000 to have it film-looked, and it, it, does, you know, it looks like something somebody shot in their backyard to a professional movie. It uh-huh. really makes a freaking difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you get it, if you get it done right... Oh yeah, that's something you can. Yeah, that's something you can do right. Uh, is making it look like it was shot on, making it look like something was shot on film. You know, it isn't. Uh, yeah, that's 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 not the same thing as yeah, like you know, switching day for night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or something like that. No, no, you can. Yeah, oh yeah, like like you just said, uh, you can you can make that look good. You can make something look like it was shot on film. I've seen it time. I've sometimes to where you can still tell it was shot on video, and they just add film scratches over it. <laughs> but but oh no, that's yeah, that's that's something that that I've seen done well. And you see, this is why I kind of like Panasonic HVX two hundred uh, is, is the fact that it actually you can you can make it look like it's that lush twenty four frame thirty five millimeter film, but you're uh, you're shooting uh, in all digital. Right, but I'm I'm talking like the movie I'm talking about is from I think '78 or so, yeah. so they would have they probably paid probably half their budget went to making this thing look like film if it was actually shot on videotape. It was actually shot on video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Maybe. So I would say our our friends at Synapse sent me this. I would say I'd, I'd recommend the movie if you're looking for an interesting. 70s movie, but if like the animal cruelty when they killed the dog, that's totally where they lost me in me caring for these characters anymore. Now I've got the IMDb page for that movie pulled up. Uh, anything you want to ask, uh, find out? It no, doesn't, it doesn't have any of the dub actors listed. Oh, on yeah, okay. and, and like I said, to me, the weirdest part was other than Pod People Kid was Lionel Stander. I didn't even realize he was on the cast. All of a sudden, I hear the Transformer Cup. Oh well, here's... yelling about unions. Oh well, here's 
here's why this movie might have been a little skeevy. It's written and directed by Rene Cardona Jr. Yeah, which is also Hugo Stiglitz is in it, and he's in everything Cardona Jr. did. Oh, Cardona Jr. Did you ever see a, a, what was it, a, a Guyana Cult of the Damned? It's the one where... Um, is that the Powers Booth one? No, that's not the Powers Booth one. This is the... Uh, uh, who's who's the actor who was in uh, those magnificent Stuart Whit? Uh, it's the one where Stuart Whitman plays Jim Jones, but in this one he's uh, credited as uh, or not not credited, but well, yeah, credited. It's it's Stuart Whitman as James Johnson. Yeah, because well, no, the only the only Cordona Jr. movie I can remember seeing off the top of my head is Tintorera, the killer tiger shark movie. Uh, you never saw Survive? Nope. About- Cannibalism in the mountains. No. Nope. Tracker Twin Bridge in. <laughs> no. If it's, if it's let, let me tell you, like, if it's Cardona Jr., uh, dude, yeah, they I, they probably did kill that dog. And see, that's just like I said when I saw that it because it did not look fake, and that I have a feeling the squeal of that dog on the soundtrack is probably that dog's real dying breath. But I just there's no reason an animal should ever have to die for a. F- film yeah exactly. I'm, I'm with you yeah I'm, I'm with you on that i, I completely agree. so if they really if, if they you're re- gonna keep your humans safe the least you could do is also keep your animals safe well yeah, it goes you're not, gonna, you're not gonna kill the you're not gonna kill the kill the the, the humans because their characters die right you know <laughs> well um have you guys ever seen shark's treasure no <laughs> sorry bruce willis your your character was dead all throughout six cents yeah, sorry. Because, <laughs> like, in Shark's Treasure, that's one where, you know, obviously this is right after Jaws, but it's low budget, so there's no faked sharks. They actually boast in the trailer for Shark's Treasure that they kill real sharks. They're like, no fake no fake sharks at all. And then they show a shark getting, like, harpooned in the eye and bleeding yeah. and just twitching on the bottom. And I'm going, God damn it! I don't care if it's a shark. It should not have died for a piece of film. I, I I agree with you on that. That would that would make me not watch that movie. I mean, it would like if they're advertising this like and actually showing a shark getting killed for the sake of a movie on 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 screen here in the trailer. It would make me not watch that movie. Yeah. Well, look at the Burt Reynolds movie Shark that I did for Beyond Midnight. Yeah, the yeah, guy, yeah. but except that was the opposite. The shark really killed the cameraman, and that's yeah. how they sold the movie. I mean, uh-huh. there's even rumors that in the film, because they don't know exactly what shots were of that cameraman anymore. The rumors are that when you see the shark attacking one of the actors in that, that that's actually the real stuntman being killed. Is that actually true? I don't know because it's really hard to tell. And since Burt Reynolds wasn't involved in that in those underwater scenes, he's not even sure. But the producers say, "Yeah, the guy's death is actually in the movie." That's that's tough to say because a producer at the time would say that. He's like, "It's the same kind of producer who would who sell the movie Snuff as a real Snuff yeah. film." Right. Oh, hey, speaking of Beyond Midnight, you ever going to put uh, Christmas Evil back up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that we're in the the Christmas season and everything, yeah, totally. Because I'm gonna end up doing a big box on that episode on on that movie. Oh, you got a big box of that one? I got a clamshell of it. Okay, because I've only got a slip sleeve for that film. Yeah, I've got I've got a I've got a clamshell for it. Open um, up that clamshell, baby. Let's yeah. see it. So yeah, I, it was it was kind of the same deal I did last year, where I just went I just went and 
typed in like, all right, big box VHS Christmas. Let's see what pops up, and then that one did. So well, because well, oh, that'll work. Because Brad, we should probably tell the listeners why Christmas Evil took so long to come out for midnight. Because I swear, the same as you did, that you had that up on your site at one point. Yeah, for the longest time, I thought I thought that it actually was on my site. I remember well, seeing it there, and then all of a sudden, it just wasn't. And I'm like, what the hell happened? Yeah, because I wouldn't have taken it off. I figured yeah, just like an HTML error or something it, like that. It could have been. Uh, it, it, it easily could have been. Um, so, uh, forgot so, to put a bracket in. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'll be put, I'll be putting that up again here uh, here during the, during the holiday season. And then now that we're a half hour in, we've dicked around long enough. Should we get to our topic? I mean, we were kind of talking about our topic, weren't we? Not I don't really. Know what our topic was so. Yeah. If you, if you, whatever you guys say. Movies that have more sequels than you knew. Da, 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 da. See, that doesn't really. I can't think of an instance where that has surprised me. I, I remember uh, be when I first realized that like the horror show is sometimes considered House Three, but I figured there was a House Three somewhere because I knew there was a House Four. So I've never there's never been an instance where I knew of a series and then was surprised later on when I found out it had a bunch of sequels. Well, House is actually in its ninth season. So. <laughs> oh wait, wrong. Okay. Hey Jared, can you can you hear me rolling my eyes right now? <laughs> well, because uh, I mean, why I do it, Josh. <laughs> I, I know you do. I know you do. Because like like the Children of the Corn movies. Uh, I was talking to a friend, and he he I showed him my VHS collection, and he's like, I didn't even realize there was a sixth one, let alone you bitching about not having the seventh one yet. And and that, you know, on a VHS collector level, Brad, this has got to irk you a little bit. The fact that Children of the Corn 7 came out in the DVD era, there is no VHS release for it. it So there is no way I can get a complete collection of the Children of the Corn on VHS. Because they never made 7 on VHS. That always made me happy with the Friday the 13th series, because excluding the remake. Did Freddy vs. Jason have one? Oh yeah, I've got a VHS of it downstairs. Uh, all of the, like, yeah, that came out, I guess, like, right there on the cusp of end of VHS and just DVD printing. But I, I remember kind of, I, I guess that, uh, I guess that, that has maybe happened a couple times with some 70s porn. Like, remember Taboo with Kay Parker? Not off the top of my head, no. It's the one where she plays a mother who screws her son. Huh, Taboo, I get it now. <laughs> um, it's it's actually a pretty good movie, but but anyway, that that was one where I watched it, and then like later on, I found out like oh, it's got like twenty sequels, maybe not twenty, but it's got a lot of sequels. But even then, I I wasn't really surprised. I was just kind of like oh, okay, well, I'll probably never see those. Well, like uh, I was I was a little surprised. You know, I've got Cafe Flesh, which is a great movie. Yeah, I've got Cafe Flesh two, which came out. 12 years after Cafe Flesh, something like that. And then I yeah. find out there's like a 3, 4, and 5. And I'm like, what the hell? When did they Cafe crank it? When, did, when the hell did they crank out all these Cafe Flesh sequels under the radar? Are these all just like shot on video, like in name only sort of? 
Sort of. Um, I, I've only seen you know part two. I've only seen cafe. I haven't seen three, four, or five. But they came yeah. out in the late nineties and early two thousands. So probably yeah. shot on video. And I, Cafe yeah, Flesh Two have, has almost nothing to do with the original. So <laughs> you know, like Night Dreams. We got. Did you know that there's three of those? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I knew there were three of those. You know, a lot of people probably didn't even know that there was two until. I can't remember if you mentioned part two in your review or not. I can't remember if I did either. I knew that there were two. I, I can't. Yeah, you're right. I, I can't remember if I mentioned that in the video. Well, like the reason I re- originally brought this topic up to you guys before we started recording was, I recently picked up the Curse, the first Curse movie, and I'd already had Curse two and three, and yeah. then I, I thought, okay, I got all the Curse movies. And then I find out there's a Cursed four. It's like holy crap. Yeah. Now I gotta find that and like Night of the Demons three. I totally forgot that there was ever a third Night of the Demons movie. Oh, yeah, I, I knew that. I, I knew there was a third Night of the Demons. Was yeah, it... I don't know, but no, um, I, I will say this. Uh, I think the fans really enjoy whenever you find out uh, that there's more zombie things. Yeah, but that's that's gotten to the point to where, like, it's there aren't any more. There aren't any more zombie... Sort of movies. Unquote, sequels, whatever. It, it's it's just people going to the IMDb pages and making it look like there are. So that you'll review it. Yeah. <laughs> somebody, somebody dig, I haven't done it yet. I'm going to eventually, but I haven't done it yet. Someone did go to like the uh, Night of the Seagulls page and put Zombie 8. <laughs> really? <laughs> so are you going to review Night of the Seagulls now? Yeah, yeah, I, I am. At some point. Uh, I wonder if I wonder if it still says that. It it said that when I did Zombie. It said that after I did Zombie Seven, which was uh, over a year ago. Well, okay. How about this one? Now, this is something I knew all these films existed, but I had forgotten that the that the fourth one was actually released as the fourth one. That you have Scanners One, Two, and Three. Okay, and then you've got Scanner Cop One and Two, a spinoff series. Yeah. But I actually have a VHS, it's a screener, so I don't know if this ever was officially released like this, of Scanner Cop released as Scanners 4. There technically is a Scanners 4 and 5, but not really. Is that That's like how for a while, like, Class of 1999 was considered, like, the sequel to Class of 1984, but then there was a Class of 1999 Part 2. Yeah, well, the, the same guy that did 1984 did 99, and he yeah. outright said it, it was a sequel. Yeah. So I don't know where 99.2 would come in. <laughs> <laughs> the, it was really bad. I've, I've seen it. it was, I've seen all three of them. Oh, see, I love Class of 1999. First, you got Stacy Keach being all evil. You've got Pam Greer kicking total Greer. ass. and Malcolm then McDowell. And Malcolm McDowell and Tracy Lynn is so gorgeous in that oh, movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my yeah, God, she is just so. Be- she's even more beautiful than she was in Fright Night too. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Classic, class of nineteen ninety nine is really good. The the second one I thought was really bad. See that one? I like it. Like you just like the topic here. I did not know that there was a class in nineteen ninety nine too. You didn't know that? No, I oh, saw yeah, class of nineteen ninety nine when it first came out. I thought that was it. Class of 1999 2, it's got a t- it's got a subtitle like the substitute or I don't know. Is that like, the one where the teachers are aliens? No, it's the one where. Uh, well, in, in Class of 1999, the teachers are robots. Oh, are you thinking of the faculty? Yeah. No, we're not talking about okay. the faculty. Okay, my bad. Uh, no, fa- <laughs> faculty was in the Scream era. 
Yeah. Now, yeah. Cl- class of 1999 2 is uh, a substitute teacher comes in and it's Sasha Mitchell from Kickboxer 2 and Step. Nice. And he plays, a, he plays an Android substitute teacher. In the, that's what the class of 1999. Well, you just you, know, you made me think of when you said Kickboxer, the best of the best movies. We talked about that before. I, I think not, both of us were surprised that there was more than the third movie. I only knew there was one, two, and three, and then all of a sudden I find out there's like a fifth one or a sixth one or something. I'm like, huh? That's, that's one of those deals where I, kind of like I said earlier, even when I find out something like that, it doesn't really, at least in the case of best of the best, I didn't really know that it went up to five, but it doesn't surprise me. Well, to me, there's only two real ones. I mean, even Eric Roberts is not in the third one. James Earl Jones is not in the second one. So to me, when you've lost James Earl Jones and Eric Roberts, Chris Penn, you you know, you've only got one cast member left that's willing to do it. It's not really a best of the best movie anymore, is it? Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you there. Oh, Jared Jared did pop up the uh, zombie... uh, Zombie IMDb page. <laughs> Z- Zombie 8, Night of the Seagulls. Uh, yeah, also known as... It's popping up here. Uh, yeah, 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 here we go. Yeah, because this exists. Uh, <laughs> also known as Zombie 8 on the Canadian video title and USA video box title and USA TV title. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. Well, I totally believe that. <laughs> well, Brad, what do you think about like a movie series like the Night, like Night of the Seagulls is part of, where they're not numbered, and while they do kind of take place in a specific order, they're really in-name-only sequels, other than the fact that they all have Knights Templar zombies in them? There's no really story I, I, connections? The, the, uh, the Blind Dead movies like that, and with Night of the Seagulls and everything, wouldn't, I wouldn't say are in-name-only sequels, because they do have the same villains, they they do have the same set of villains with the uh, the Templar knights zombies and everything. So those I I don't consider those to be in name only sequels. Well, now I've only I I hate to admit this, but I've only seen Blind Dead and Ghost Galleon slash Horror of the Zombies. Yeah. Do they explain how after the second one they get onto the Ghost Galleon, or in the fourth one how they're all of a sudden on this island after the Galleon sinks? Well, the the. At the at, at least the the copy of Ghost Galleon I had, which was Horror of the Zombies, and that one it ended with them getting on the island at the end. Right, it's, it, it it like attacked the the humans who thought they made yeah. it, and then it freeze framed. That's the copy I have too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's the one I saw. So I mean, that explains why they would be on land in the next one. But it's one of those deals where like I, I don't remember it explaining how they're on this ship. It's still the same set of villains. I mean, it doesn't have to explain how they got on there for it to be do it to be for for it to be a sequel or not. It just is sort of like how how like okay, Leprechaun in space probably didn't have to explain why the Leprechaun's in space, but he's there. He's the Leprechaun. It's the same villain, so it's a sequel, <laughs> and he's in space. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of the in space thing, the only one of those I thought did it right was Critters 4 because the Critters were from space originally, so that actually wasn't that far-fetched to send the Critters into space. exactly. Because they were escaped space criminals at the beginning of the first film. So I kind of went, that one didn't come across as dumb. Like, when they sent Pinhead to space, that's head-scratchingly dumb, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Although the Leprechaun's probably worse than... Than Pinhead. I've actually never seen it. I've actually never seen Leprechaun in space. 
I oh. saw part of it. I literally I could not make it more than a half hour, and I just went. Uh-huh. I, I watched about the first half hour and just said, "I can't do this. I, I can't. I'm a yeah. be. I, I'm, a, I'm a bad movie aficionado, and I can't do this." I watched like the first fifteen minutes of Leprechaun in the Hood, or Back to the Hood, or, or one of the two. Yeah, you you reviewed the first one, so I hope you watched it. Well, I with with Doug, yeah, we did the well the first Leprechaun. I no, I, I mean I mean the, the first in the hood. You, you did that one that crossover video. Oh, I didn't write that. Someone just sent me the lines to read them, and I wrote. Oh, them. okay. He yeah, that was uh, uh, Mr. Mendo. Uh, he just asked me if I would appear in this, and he he wrote it. He wrote it himself and just sent me the lines. And okay. I read them. But uh, the uh, uh, back to the I think it was back to the hood that I watched like the first. 20 minutes of or something like I, I couldn't do it. You know what I think is really funny? BET regularly airs. Well, it's a it is a classic <laughs> of black cinema. But but Jared, <laughs> is it really that classic? Dude, yes. Jared. It goes, it goes guess who's coming to dinner in the heat of the night? <laughs> Shaft. Shaft, Glory, Malcolm X, Back to the Hood. But Jared, this is BET. BET shows Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. That has one black dude in it, and he gets killed at about the half-hour point. He gets his head knocked off. No, no, in Part 8. No, he actually makes it it to New York. Oh, yeah, that's not until the 45-minute mark. That's right. Yeah, so he at least makes it 45 minutes in. (laughs) But there's one black guy. Does that qualify for BET? If it has a black really, cast he member? Really good, he was a really good boxer. <laughs> Not good enough to take out Jason. Well, I don't think even Mike Tyson could do that. <laughs> I don't know. Mike Tyson, he's crazy enough. He'd go biting Jason's body parts off. He'd be off. <laughs> Jason had some more years. <laughs> well, like, like, like Brad, are, do you ever meet anybody who is sort of shocked when they find out that the Dirty Harry franchise is really these five movie unnumbered movies? No, not like I. We showed Sarah all of them recently. In order? Yeah. Oh, oh of course. Yeah, we showed them all to her in order, and uh, you made she Sarah wasn't, cry. <laughs> no, she, no, she didn't cry. No, I mean, uh, I mean, short circuit. Too. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and and uh, I don't know if she knew that there were five of them, but I it's sort of like me. I don't like me with like the, we were talking about best of the best. I think I think that when she found out that there were five of them i don't, I don't think she was really surprised well and then but but you also like with the dirty harry thing which we probably talked about in our dirty harry episode which is so long ago i don't remember is that a lot of people think there are more movies in that franchise than there were a lot of people think tightrope is a dirty yeah. harry movie holy crap harry's gone off the deep end yeah because a lot of people call tightrope an unofficial dirty harry movie and i'm like it, kind really of, but not really. It's like tightrope is tightrope is different. Tight, oh, I love tightrope, but tight tightrope is different. He's playing a he really is playing a pretty dirty cop in that movie. Yeah, Callahan f- fell far that by that point. Oh yeah, yeah. He's 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 got like sex addiction and, and like some serious issues in that one. If Oh yeah, that's that's that one's that one's pretty different than than Harry than the Harry movies. Well, and then if you really want to get specific, Gran Torino is a real unofficial Dirty Harry movie because that's what the script started out as. 
The, the script started out as Dirty Harry 6, and when they couldn't get the rights for whatever reason, they altered it. But that was originally supposed to be old Dirty Harry. And in a weird way, you can see it kind of fit if you stretch things a little bit, you know? Yeah, if you make him, if you make him extremely racist. He was always kind of racist. Not, the... I mean, don't get me. Oh, I'm, I'm not saying this against. I, I love Gran Torino. That, I, I really, really love that movie. But, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Harry, Harry had, had some moments like that, but not quite to the extent in Gran Torino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, you know, Harry... The years were not kind to Harry after he retired, maybe. Yeah, that's true. You know, <laughs> San Francisco beat him down. When it comes to to sequels, when do, what are some sequels you wished, that you know, things that were set up like at the end of the movie for a sequel that never happened, that you just went, oh, I so want that sequel they teased me with. Uh, Masters of the I, Universe. I I, I want okay. I want Masters of the Universe too, which kind of was cyborg. Like I can, th- yeah. I mean, I can think of, I can think of some movies that had an open ending and didn't get a sequel, but it's usually something that I didn't want a sequel to anyway. Like, like Super Mario Brothers, or uh, I'd forgotten last, about that ending. Last Airbender, huh? I said I'd forgotten about the ending of Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, that, that was that, set that up. Teases it, that teases it for for a sequel, and uh, and yeah, Last Airbender does that too, and that's that movie's never going to get made. I think a lot of people, uh, I think a lot of movies these days do that because they want the franchise to keep going. I mean, hell, didn't Smurfs do the same thing? Did, I didn't see. Smurfs. I don't know. <laughs> well, I was going to say, uh, do you remember Jake's review? Did he say that? I don't remember him saying. I don't remember him left it open at the end. They are making a Smurfs too. Oh yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, okay, Brad. How about this? I'm looking over at my DVD shelf. A movie that was made to start a franchise and failed and didn't like Shocker. Like Shocker and well, yeah, Last Airbender. And- because like Shocker, Wes Cra- Wes Craven outright said Shocker was the start of a new franchise, yeah. and then its failure. We never saw another Shocker movie. Golden Compass. But uh, I, I actually kind of liked Shocker. I liked it when I, I haven't seen it in a good ten or so years. But I, I, I have some you know technical issues with it, but overall it's an enjoyable film. I just yeah, like yeah. I just like the fact that you never after they catch Horace that you never see him go to trial, and literally the people have the same scars, you know, the same marks on their face uh-huh. while he's being executed. So apparently he's being executed a week after he's been arrested. Yeah, and I'm going. Wait a minute! No, no. I mean, you don't have to be brutally realistic, but you can't just throw that shit at me. It's a really speedy trial. Yeah, it's like no appeals, nothing. What the hell? It's unfortunately his judge was Nancy Grace. She just sent, <laughs> she just sent him to the electric chair. And you know, I'm I'm asking this 100 percent honest. How many Darkman movies are there? Not counting the the TV pilot. I think there's only three, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any after, after Die Dark Man Die. Okay, because they did. Try, I do have a TV pilot that never aired there. They tried to make a, that into a TV show for some dumb reason in 1991. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to count that or not. But because I've only got Dark Man one and two, and I'm kind of like, I think there was a third one. Yeah, because Jeff Fahey was the bad guy. Who was the Dark Man in, in the two and Mark- three? Arnold Vosloo. He was in both of those? Yeah. 
Okay, because Dark... Yeah, because two, two and three were more or less back-to-back. Okay, what about Prom Night? I know there's four Prom Night movies. Is that all there is for Prom Night? Yeah, the original franchise, of course. Yeah, excluding that remake. Yeah, yeah, there was, uh, there was Prom Night, and then there was two and three, which were both about the same girl. Yeah, uh, Prom Night Mary 2 Mary was w- yeah, t- Prom Night 2 was Hello Mary Lou, Prom Night 2 was the official title. Yeah, and Prom Night 3, The Last Kiss or something like that. And then there was Prom Night 4 about the that crazy priest. Was was Ironside in 3? Uh, Ironside was in 2. Right, like, b- but it ended with sort of a cliffhanger him taking them away, so that's why I'm wondering, was Ironside in 3 at all? Not that I can recall. In Prom Night 3, it was about the, the Mary Lou girl, but she was portrayed a little differently. Like, she was seducing she was seducing this high school kid who was very kind of Jim Carrey looking. She was she seduced this high school guy and like and just killed some random people. Um like it, it only went along with the second one only because it was the Mary Lou character. And then doesn't the fourth barely. one? Doesn't the fourth one go back to the fifties or something? Because it's the got a very fifties-ish cover. The fourth one, it might have like a flashback in it, but the bulk of the fourth one takes place in the present. The fourth one doesn't have anything to do with uh, any of the ones that came before it. Okay. Hey, speaking of in-name only sequels, Silent Night, Deadly Night four and five. Yeah. Those are, I mean, literally four. I don't know about five, but four was not made as a Silent Night, Deadly Night movie at all. The studio just had a slasher movie that happened to take place at Christmas, and they had the rights to Silent Night, Deadly Night, so they just slapped that on there. Yeah, and with five, I, I seem to recall that the character Clint Howard played in four pops up in a cameo in five or something like that, but just barely, it barely has anything to do with with part four the five was with mickey rooney as the mad toy maker yep i just thought of another sort of franchise that i don't even know how many sequels this would have yeah cheech and chong and they gotta remember they did play the same characters in at least four of these movies yeah so there's at least four where they're playing the same characters there might be more Uh uh-huh i can't remember is cheech playing the same character in born in east l.a or not it's been a long time since I've seen Born in East L.A. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I couldn't tell you. Because I don't know if he's playing the same character. I mean, I know in Far Out Man, Tommy's not playing uh, the man, and that he's yeah. got a different name in, in that. You got Up in Smoke, you got Next Movie, you got Still Smoking, and then for the framing sequence of Corchigan Brothers, they're playing the same characters. Uh-huh. For the framing sequences. Yeah. So I know there's those, and there might be some more Cheech and Chong movies that I'm not remembering. So I don't even know, would you call that a franchise even? Because they're oh, yeah, really yeah. loosely connected. Didn't they just recently do, like, another project of some sort? They're on tour together. Yeah, I so, know that, but yeah, the, I, thought, I thought there was I something know. else. I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, they got back to... Supposedly... They're they're trying to make a new movie together. They made one a couple of years ago. I think like in two thousand seven or maybe two thousand. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, it's called it's called Best Buds, and it's basically unreleasable. It's co-owned by Chong and the production company, who have vastly different cuts of the movie. Wow. Chong says he will not okay a release on their version of the movie, and they say they will not okay a release on. 
Chong's version of the movie. So, so basically, this, since neither side will move... On, does this even exist on bootlegs? No, I've been looking for years for Best Buds. Oh, wow. And it's just, it's one of those ones, and even if it were in a bootleg, who knows which version we'd get. Sure, sure, sure. So, so basically it comes down to neither side's willing to relent on which cut, and, and even if they compromise, all we're going to get is a compromised film that no one's probably going to be happy with. Yeah. So Best Buds is done, twice technically, and there are two cuts just sitting on the shelf somewhere that, oh. are, that are unreleasable. Yeah. Well, they'll get out somehow. I don't know. I I've been looking for Pulse Pounders, that unreleased Full Moon anthology film from the mid '80s. Yeah. I've been looking for a copy of that forever. That uh-huh. you know that that's even got prior to Trancers too. That's got the an unaired appearance of uh, Jack Death and Helen Hunt. And, oh and, wow! <laughs> and, and then they reshot some of that footage for Trancers too. I've been looking for Pulse Pounders for years, and I've not been able to find a bootleg of that. Some of these films just, they, they're, they're keeping a real tight rein on some of this stuff. Yeah. It's disappointing to us who want to see bootlegs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Bastards. <laughs> Although, you know if we got one, we'd get, the, we'd get one by the Grizzly 2 producers. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it, Suzanne Maggie. How did you... <laughs> How did you come to own this movie? <laughs> so we're, we're running out of time. I know you guys want to want to plug. I, I was going to say you want to plug each other, but that wouldn't have come out right because I didn't mean it in that manner. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys want to plug the projects you are currently working on? Uh, let's see. Oh, I'll have some Christmas stuff thrown up on the site, and uh, check out the uh, check out the writer's cut of Paranoia up on the site for free. What about you, Foil? Uh, Foil Rap Productions just finally fixed the real folio page. Uh, so go there to foilrapproductions.com. Uh, check out all the uh, videos that I previously had on Blit TV cross-posted to YouTube uh, because Wix.com will only use YouTube videos. So hey, Jared, uh, I'm, I'm going to put very- you. I'm going to put you on the spot. You've got 30 seconds. We ever going to see another game report? I was actually about to say that. Um, I'm I'm going to be maybe writing the next game report. I I've been putting it off because I'm I, I was trying to get the uh, foilwrapproductions.com uh, set up. So once I get that, uh, I'm also going to uh, start like a little blog page, and uh, I'm going to put the game report there. And then you can reach me at 1201beyond at gmail.com and read my new weekly column, Sanity is Razor Thin at geekjuicemedia.com I'm saying good night good night good night <laughs>